This is the first of a three-part series. This section goes approximately 25 minutes. We talk about PFAS. We talk about a new diagram that the Water and Sewer Division has put up delineating the lines of responsibility between the town and individual property owners. And a couple of other topics. Uh, check the show notes for the details. The overflowing bathtub scenario. Mm -hmm. You have an overflowing bathtub with the faucet on. What do you do first? Shut the faucet off. Should. Should. We're tackling the drain while the tub is still overflowing with the faucet on full tilt. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere in the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial, in the car, in the home, 102.9, here in studio with Doug Martin and Jake Stanley, our water sewer superintendent and assistant, for a sewer discussion, although before we get into that, we'll kind of touch... For the listeners, thank you for joining us. And we did a three-part series that's still on the town webpage. We'll include that in the show notes. But there's, well, before we get into the sewer side, back on the water side, since we had last talked, there's a couple of other kind of interesting developments, one being PFAS. Yes. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us, Steve. Um, yeah, so we've uh, you know talked to the council a couple times now um, about PFAS and, and what we've had to do um, sampling wise. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's well seven is offline currently. Yes. Correct. Yep. So we started sampling twenty one ish. Yeah. We EPA changed EPA, the regulations. Yeah. Uh, it was more DEP. Uh, Mass DEP changed their regulations. Correct. Um, which required us to start sampling in uh, twenty twenty one. Um, during that time, um, I think towards the end of twenty one. Uh, beginning of 22 is when well seven had a hit of uh, over 20 parts per trillion mm -hmm. at uh, at well seven so once we saw that we immediately shut the well down right um and it's been down ever since um i, I don't know if we touched on it before but you know one part per trillion is like a it's like a one drop of uh, salt in a in an Olympic sized swimming pool to that scale, or mm -hmm. what do you like to say? Yeah, the, the um, it's a postage stamp on the footprint of Dallas, Texas. Yeah, <laughs> for a, for an idea visualize, of scale. Yeah. You know, with the microscopic how small but it's that still is. There. Everything else that we sample is parts per million, parts per billion, a uh, couple of contaminants, but this is parts per trillion, so unheard of. Uh, and to let you know the f how. Um, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How, uh, you know, fine fine it is. Our operators can't do things. They can't wear clothing yeah. that has, you know, waterproofing on it. Right. Um, well, they can't have cooked on uh, a no Teflon, no Teflon pan, pan and, and for right. breakfast in yeah. the morning before yep. they're doing the testing. I uh, think we covered that in the prior yeah. recording, yes. So, yeah, um, yeah so Well 7 is off. Um, and uh, we just uh, went to the council and asked for borrowing authorization for six and a half million dollars to do uh, put an addition on Well Seven uh, Pump House building. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll have four uh, filter vessels in there that will have uh, GAC granule activated carbon uh, that the water will flow through. Uh, GAC's tried and true method of removing PFAS contaminants. 
Um, so that will remove it, and then we'll uh, do our normal treatment of you know chlorine and uh, pH adjustment, and send it off into the system. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we were fortunate. We were on the SRF State Revolving Fund list uh, for a zero uh, percent loan right. for that project. Sure. Uh, all PFAS projects currently are zero uh, percent loan, which is okay. great. Um, so the money's there. Uh, you know, opportunity is now. Yes. Uh, so we got to take advantage of it. Yeah, and I think the, the the two key points that people can certainly go back and we'll include the show notes of uh, the town council meetings where are those presentations so they can go into deeper detail as yeah. they choose. Um, the two issues there. This is kind of the start, as I understand it. With EPA changing their rec rec uh, requirements and DPH obviously acceding to that as well, we're going to be faced with this for a good period of time, yeah. <laughs> if not forever, no pun intended. Yeah. But PFAS is so prevalent and nobody has stopped it yet. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and that's what we went into in that uh, discussion at, at the council uh, level. but. Uh, the EPA has come out with a draft regulation of regulating two of the PFAS chemicals. Mm -hmm. there's, there's, hundreds, a family of, there's a whole yeah. family of PFAS yeah. chemicals, but two of them, PFOA and PFOS, at four parts per trillion. So uh, right now, the, in comparison, DEP, State of Massachusetts, says the, they regulate six, the sum of six of PFAS compounds, and you can't have a sum over 20 parts per trillion. What EPA is doing is looking at these two specifically and saying you can't have either of these be over four with the goal of being zero. Mm -hmm. So obviously they don't want anything. Right. We're in the same boat, but four is the maximum level that they'll allow. So once the new system testing triggers, the trigger would be at four two components as opposed to six. Yep. Set even finer in order to trigger. Yep. So if that ever, when that goes gets or uh, finalized by the EPA, DP will have to uh, enact that because that's a stricter regulation. Uh, they can even go stricter if they want. Which don't, they've done from time to which time. They've done we don't know. And, and they <laughs> might over time, but initially I'm sure they'll go with what the EPA does. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, once that's enacted, that's going to bring, uh, what did we say, five, well, five, well, nine. Sixty percent of our water sources will now be above that threshold. Yeah. Wow. Currently, we have the one source, well, seven, that's above the 20. Mm -hmm. If we go to the four, 60 percent of the town sources will be in treatment levels. Right. Which is to the sum of roughly $50, 50 million, million dollars to yeah. treat adequately. And mm -hmm. um, where does it come from? Yeah. And effectively treat it forever because, as we mentioned, there's nobody ha yet at the state or federal, as if they have started talking about it, nobody has actually enacted that you can't start stop producing it. Yeah, it is so pervasive. Yeah. It's 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 in a number of it's places. It's the it's the overflowing bathtub scenario. Mm -hmm. You have an overflowing bathtub with the faucet on. What do you do first? Shut the faucet off. Should should. We're tackling the drain while the tub is still overflowing with the faucet on full tilt. Yeah, yeah. that's so not a good it image. Doesn't, it doesn't make sense, in, yeah. you know, to, to like-minded people. It's, we're, we're tackling the problem on the wrong end. Right. And credit to the council, they, they signed their name to a letter that we sent to our, um, you know, our representatives in D.C. Legislation district. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and, and indicated, you know, the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we want to do what we need to do to protect public health, provide safe drinking water, 
but at the same time, if we're not stopping that faucet, then what are we doing, right? Right. right. So, yeah. uh, and you're really putting a large burden on not only Franklin, but all the communities all the around communities. here. We're not Absolutely. alone in this situation, yeah. Yeah. so. Yeah. Throughout every, the country. Every community so. is facing this in some capacity, some worse than others, but there is not a single community with every well source mm -hmm. non-detect. Yeah. It right. doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't exist in the state. Yeah. And even well, like a well 10 location off of Vine Street, it is so remote and isolated. Um, but even that has been you know, like, you know, little hits here and there. Right. Right. So and I think it, it just speaks to the pervasiveness of the yeah. the chemical. It's just it's everywhere. It's in our clothing. It's in our materials. It's um, in our DNA. It's in our bodies now. <laughs> well, yeah. We're already yeah. carrying a bunch yeah. of it anyway. So. Yeah. So <sighs> yeah, we are dealing with that uh, since we last spoke. Um, so well, seven will be our first um, first go at it. Major um, mitigation ma stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, otherwise, on the water side, we're looking at Fisher's Tree Water Treatment Plant uh, upgrade. Um, right. So, so we've funded half of the design pilot and design mm -hmm. pilot is where they come in and test the treatment technologies and stuff. Right. That plant was built in... Um, 2004. 2004 right. as a pressure membrane facility. Right. Um, we've swapped out the filters twice, three times now? Four times Four in the life of this plant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, is, uh, is that the one, or is it next to the one where it had the fire in that's that That's the fire plant. That's the fire plant. Yeah. Right. So you had ch a challenge to even get parts for that at that time. So it kind of makes sense to you know really redo it and set yourself up for the future. Yeah, and the, the filters that we have there, they don't make that membrane filter anymore. So we were faced with either do we we can upgrade the membrane filtration at a sum of you know two million or mm -hmm. whatever it is, uh, or which. It's very inefficient. Um, you know, we have to pump it four times. It's it's high energy consumption right. there. Or do we look at something like we did like over at Grove Street uh, with the green sand pressure filtration media? We pump it once, goes through the green sand, gets filtered, we send it out. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we ultimately decided on, um, and that's what we're starting design on there. Um, yeah, those are the two big projects, I would say. Yep. On, uh, As a previous operator of that plant, I'm very excited to see this work go through. Mm -hmm. um, that yes. plant is a maintenance nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, our crew is constantly working in there to keep things going, mm -hmm. and there, there's a lot to learn in that plant. It's not a very straightforward treatment process, right. so to convert to a newer easily recognizable and an easier to maintain yeah. and run system like green sand mm -hmm. is going to save the town a lot and maintenance and upkeep and just hours problems and energy it's going to be it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be a cost up front but the overall savings is going to be mm -hmm. very apparent yeah right. we showed that in a we did a life cycle cost analysis and, and we're able to show that savings over the lifetime of mm -hmm. the plant so yeah yep. uh, it made sense right so that we're proceeding with that um but obviously, uh, you know, as we mentioned in past council meetings, and, and Jamie will continue to mention, uh, all this costs money. Yes. Um, so that's what we know of. And then obviously, Jake just spoke about the, you know, f up to $50 million for the PFAS stuff. Right. Um, so there's no doubt that we're looking at a water rate increase at some time in the future. Sure. Um, to, uh, to be able to afford and pay for those, mm -hmm. those things. So. And that's $50 million of surprise money. Yeah. There's right. also all the projects that we have already on the, the regular on the schedule just to 50 million. keep the yeah. system mm -hmm. running. Tank right. upgrades, tank improvements, water main improvements, 
the stuff that the well, residents are used to seeing us doing. Stuff, exactly. Yep. This, the yep. stuff that you have to do to keep the system running. This is now an additional 50. Mm -hmm. yep. So, more to come on that one. Yes. Um, and I think the other key piece to touch on before we get into our major topic, uh, you added to the page uh, since we talked last time, and we did talk in terms of uh, from a water perspective, Chloe, from the well through the faucet as we covered that. Um, but you actually have a graphic that covers both the water guidelines in terms of where the town responsibility ends and begins, where the homeowner or property owner uh, begins and ends. And then we'll get into that as well on the sewer side, but we can cover the water one and then get into the sewer side. Yeah, if you go to our webpage, um, if you go to the water sewer division <coughs> webpage uh, from the town, on the left-hand side, you'll see, um, I believe it says to have a leak or, or a blockage. Leak some, or blockage. Something to that effect. Click that link. Uh, brings up a nice picture, uh, and it shows uh, ownership responsibility for uh, both the water service and the sewer service. On the water service, the town owns from the water main in the street to the curb stop which is the valve that shuts off the water that goes into the house. Mm -hmm. Usually it's right at the property line. Uh, sometimes it's in the street or the sidewalk, but generally, uh, if we were to install them nowadays, it'd be right at the property line. Right. Um, and then the homeowner owns from that curb stop at you know, the property line, quote unquote, to uh, the house, through the house, not including the water meter itself. The right. town is the owner of that water meter. Right. Yeah, and you have a regular process of uh, upgrading the meters as the technology changes. I recall you had done a process where instead of physically going to the meter to read, now you've got some radio uh, frequency, and I believe you're still going to more of an internet based at some point. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so all of our uh, meters now are on a um, a radio read. Um, have a, a box usually on the outside of the house mm -hmm. um, where it allows our um, meter truck to drive around. Doesn't even need to drive down the street generally. Can in the area, yeah. drives around, collects all the readings. Um, so they call that a AMR system, automatic meter reading system. Yep. Uh, we are in the process of switching to an AMI, automatic meter infrastructure system, which is basically we're going to put up a collector on. A, we're going to start with our hillside tank, put up a collector on there. That will give us the ability to ping those radios at the meters at any point that we want. Mm -hmm. uh, the hope there is that now the homeowner has more details on what's going on with their water usage on an hourly, they can even go down a minute, second mm -hmm. basis. Uh, that would alert them to leaks or, or uh, if they're not home, they could get on to the system and be able to see yeah. you know, what's going on. Yeah. That reminds me, yeah, that's the so. Water Smart program. Correct. We hadn't mentioned that, but that's a key segue yeah. into that. So we're we're not gonna, we're going to keep the Water Smart program with this. It'll just enhance it, give them more information and and data. And uh, um, in this day and age, data is a good thing, right? Yeah. So the more information we have, the more control over our finances and whatnot mm -hmm. that we can to use. So hopefully, I mean, I I know from our perspective. Uh, from the water department, it's going to enable, you know, better meter reading, um, more, more accurate and, um, you know, quicker detection of leaks mm -hmm. uh, from our side. And the same thing on the homeowner side, they're going to be able to, you know, monitor their usage and, 
And uh, no resident likes getting a four thousand dollar water bill. No, yeah. we understand that. We feel for them, but unfortunately, if the water moved through the house, it the water was used. Sure. Um, this would be a good way to hopefully eliminate a lot of that problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if people are signed up for these alerts, they would know if their five year old left the hose running out in the backyard <laughs> for two or three days yeah. without them knowing, because it happens, and it's yeah. no fault of the homeowner, sure. but. It happens, and you know the same thing with uh, leaks in walls and in basements and crawl spaces. People don't access, and that adds up quick. Yeah. So currently, on the Water Smart system, um, on under our current system, uh, we read the meters monthly. We bill you quarterly, but we read them monthly, sure. and all that data gets uploaded to right. Water Smart. Yep. So uh, we definitely urge residents to go on, sign up. Um, you can see your usage monthly, get alerts if it goes up. You know, a certain level. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of control that you can put into there um, for how much or how little you want to get alerted. True. So, uh, and we and we try to send out um, just informational emails through that system. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a useful tool for yeah. us. I set up an account and I think I check it probably twice a year because yeah. you know things are normal, so things are fine. But yeah, you, you if that little water drip drip drip, it will add up. <laughs> it does. Yeah, especially toilets. People don't, uh, one of those, yeah. it's like the silent yeah. uh, leaker, <laughs> yes. so to yeah. speak. Uh, you don't hear it generally, and it just continues to run, and it adds up pretty quickly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So we'll include those links in the show notes so you don't have to go scrambling in the meantime. Um, but having covered the water, at least changes since the last time. Now we can get from the clean topic to <laughs> the more dirty topic of, you know, kind of setting up for what happens when we flush <laughs> what's that process like yeah. and uh yeah that i'm sure is going <laughs> to touch on a few topics <laughs> that respectfully everybody needs to be aware of um may not always happen but you need to know yeah and i think we touched on it last time obviously we went over how we get the water to the house now let's talk about how we get it out of the house right as a waste stream um, I think a lot of people don't know. They flush the toilet and it's gone, right? It's out right. of their mind. And yeah. They don't have to worry about it. Uh, but that's kind of where we take over. Um, so maybe we'll just start with uh, back to that if you have a leak or blockage page, right? True, because that's the ownership. Uh, that's the ownership the portion. So on there, you'll see a figure for sewer. Uh, the sewer service is different than the water. Uh, homeowner resident owns the sewer service from their property through and into the town street all the way to the sewer main. So where that connection is made, right at the sewer main, all the way to the pro into the house is homeowner's responsibility. Okay, so that's different from the water. Different correct. from the water, right. that's correct. Um, so a lot of homeowners don't know that. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of plumbers don't, don't know may that. not, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the plumbers are the first ones to say, I snaked your sewer line, I made it to the sidewalk, please call the town, and they walk away. Right. They call us, and we have no better answer for them. Um, yeah, the ownership goes all the way to the main. The town, the best we can do is if we get a call for a blockage, we can open the main upstream and downstream. We mm -hmm. can see if our main is flowing. Sure. Sometimes that alerts us to a problem. Right. There's an issue in the main. Yep. We address it. And then anything that you know happened in the house, we will then continue to go back up into the service and make sure everything is flowing fine. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, that's not the case. Yeah. We'll open our main. Our main is flowing fine. The problems tend to happen in the sewer services. That's where roots are infiltrating. That's where pipes get broken. And it takes years for these to sometimes show. Sure. Um, you know, a, someone might have planted a planted a tree 40 years ago, and 
the roots finally the roots dug got deep in there. enough. Yep. Yeah. Um, someone did something on an addition ten years ago and crushed the pipe, and it took ten years for that to back up. Right. And that's what they then figured <coughs> out. And our, our hairline cracked, but then over time, additional pressure, heat, right. thaw, yeah. right. freeze, just, thaw, find that that crack just breaks. Yep. <laughs> yep. And um, you know, it's unfortunate. We don't like getting those calls. We don't want to hear about property damage, but the ownership aspect is important because mm -hmm. we can't go into a private sewer service. Sure. If our machine gets stuck, if we damage something further, we're liable. Sure. So as that's where the homeowner has to take take over and call in the private companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would advise too, um, a lot of times we, um, we deal with insurance. Some homeowners policies will have that covered. Some, you, it's an add thing that you can add on. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you have an older house, um, have never had to replace your, your sewer service or your water service, that might be something that you want to look at mm -hmm. uh, as just a protection uh, if it is offered to you. Yeah, a lot of insurance companies have a blanket statement of we cover up to $2,500 of a sewer issue. That doesn't scratch the surface. Right. If you get six inches of sewage in your home, yeah, $2,500 will barely even get the company to come and clean it up, mm -hmm. yeah. let alone right. fix yeah. it. So get the cut homeowners should definitely check that and make sure they are covered mm -hmm. for yeah. any eventuality. Um, and while we're on the topic of kind of waste coming out from the home, um, just want to remind people that it is um, uh, against our bylaws uh, to connect a drainage system uh, or a sump pump into the sewer system. Right. Um, so as we see those, um, we you know we advise you know. That those get disconnected, um, and it definitely from the case of the you know blockages, is one thing. One extra thing of uh, high high volume water going in mm -hmm. uh, can just cause havoc yeah. <laughs> if you do have a blockage. Yeah, so. a lot of what we do here it happens right after that big rain event where three inches of rain fell in forty five sure. minutes, yeah. and the sump pump is what overwhelmed their sewer service that was already partially blocked. Yeah, and now everyone has yeah. problems. Yeah, yeah. So literally, it piles up. Yep. Yeah. And while we're at it, in terms of the, at least the house and the line, we can mention clearly the, the best protection in regards to making sure things flow smoothly is to only put in the system what should be in the system. So what to flush is key. <laughs> yes, very correct. I think you get a great mnemonic for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's uh, the three P's. Um, the woman who runs the, uh, the Charles River Pollution Control District in Medway's she, she taught me this. The three P's go down the toilet. Pee, poop, paper. Right. Nothing yeah. else. Right. Nothing else goes down. Paper uh, is toilet paper. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Not right. paper towels. No Swifters. No Swifters. No diapers. Baby wipes. No baby wipes. We Those. see a lot of baby wipes. We see a lot of the uh, quote-unquote flushable wipes. Which are not uh, really flushable. Which are not flushable. There's right. been plenty of studies out there, and, and we can tell you firsthand yeah. that they are not flushable. Yeah. They don't degrade. Like that's the to. that's the disconnect. They're yeah. flushable. They will flush down a toilet. A lot of things will flush down a toilet. Mm -hmm. Golf balls will flush down a toilet. <laughs> They're not flushable. Right. Um, it's the will they move through the system? Yeah. The the wipes that are labeled as flushable will not move through the system. They mm -hmm. will they will bind the system. They'll catch they will somewhere clog. along the way. Yep, they will bind pumps. They will clog pipes. They will hang up. They will not break down. Most of the time, they make it out of the resident's ownership, right. you know, from their house into the sewer main. Uh, but sometimes it could 
actually cause blockages in a resident system. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's bad for the town, uh, but it's also could also be bad for the right. resident. So, and so. somebody in the house or residence is frequently doing that, it's more likely to back up even within them. Yep, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just creates a big uh, rag ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we 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 lovingly refer to that as just rags. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it's termed in the in the system is <clears throat> when we have bindings and clogs, it's rags. Mm -hmm. And the other big thing is uh, feminine products uh, and the applicators and stuff like sure. that. We see a lot yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, and I, again, uh, like Jake said, you can flush it. Uh, Doesn't mean not, shit. It's not meant no. to be flushed. <laughs> so. No, no. Yeah, yeah. And especially if you're in a bathroom type environment, there should be a disposal other than in the toilet yep. yeah. to utilize. Yep. Yeah. And then other than um, the non-flushable paper products, um, fats and greases and oils, that's a big one for us. Sure. Um, if you see us out and about, um, you know, we try to get to community events. Uh, we have little covers uh, that we hand out that you can put on top of like an old, uh, you know, can or, mm -hmm. or, or whatnot to dump your grease in there. Collect it. Uh, that's what we recommend um, because not only, again, if it makes it through your system, uh, good, but it comes to ours, collects on top, and just causes havoc yeah. uh, with all of our equipment and, uh, and whatnot. So mm -hmm. uh, just the last week we had a huge huge ball of uh, grease that we had to take out at one of our uh, well, wells, one of our pump stations. Yeah, if you imagine a ball of grease large enough to clog a six-inch pipe. That's same, pretty big. It's a large yeah. amount of grease. So yeah. it's usually not one culprit. It's it's a team effort. Yeah. yeah. The residents yeah. are working together on that one. People collaborate um, in the wrong way. Yep. In that case. <laughs> it builds up and it, it can cause major problems in these neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. oh, what did we see recently? That was a pair of underwear. A pair of underwear. whole pair of underwear. Yep. Clogged the pump. Clogged the pump. We actually pulled it out of the pump. Still, still identifiable as underwear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely not flushable. Well, you can't flush <laughs> it. Dedication to get <laughs> it down there, but you know that yeah. that it's that it's not forgotten. Yeah. People, right. other people have to deal with that choice. Sure. And no one gets paid enough to deal with that choice. Really. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it was during the day that we found it and we were able to rectify it. But a lot of times, it seems like these issues happen in the odd two hours. In the morning. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when everyone's sleeping, that's when they rear their ugly heads. Yeah, alarm will go off. We're out there Problem dealing with here. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008 and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.